Good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you. I want to share a story. In May, I was actually invited to a retreat with a number of other church leaders, and uh, they came from all over the country, as far away as India and even Russia, and it was a very unique experience that I had. And um, I would say for me, it was also a time where I felt like I was entering into a time warp. Uh, you see, I had been invited by the same group of people, this team, uh, to the same retreat place uh, some 20 years before. And uh, so I was going back. And I remember driving up and I pulled up into the retreat center. And I thought, wow, this place looks exactly the same. And I got to the lodge and I'm like, wow, this looks exactly the same. All the decor is the same. All the smells were the same. Everything, it was like deja vu. It was just happening. And then I had one of these weird kind of experiences. And, and uh, I entered in to go to the first meeting and some of the people that were there I actually knew, part of the team that I knew, but also there were people that, that I'd never met before. But there's something magical and something amazing that happened. It was like we had known each other forever. And uh, we had this deep sort of love. It's like we had never left. And, and it was, I think it was partly because all of us had experienced this thing. It was a series of retreats together. It was this deep encounter with God. And it was this friendship that this group of people, this team that put on these retreats, invested in us. And so there was this deep connection and almost like instant family, if you will. And I got to thinking about that. In my own life, in my own journey of faith, as my growth as a person, it's always, I think, when I've been growing, when I've, when I've become more the person that God intended me to be, it's been in the context of, of friendship, or I would call spiritual companionship, where we are encouraging one another and seeking to help us become all that we would, God would desire of us and all that we would seek to become together. And so as we end this series, I could do that, my challenge to you is this, is that I believe that you can be a friend. You can be a spiritual companion to someone else, but you can also be that person who receives that kind of friendship and experiences that kind of friendship. And so I want to unpack that a little bit today as we look at that. And in order to do that, I want to read from Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, this is actually a summary section of this pa passage uh, the reason I know that is because it begins with the word therefore. And whenever you see therefore, you want to ask, what is the therefore, therefore? Okay? And it usually means that it's a summary of what's gone before. And so this is what the writer to Hebrews says. He says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus... By a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful." And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. 
So what I'd like to say is this. If we're going to be spiritual companions, someone who invests maybe in the life of another, it begins with this idea that we can be friends with God. That we can actually be friends with God. And there's a couple of things I want to highlight out of just those first couple of verses that I read. It's the reason that we can be friends with God is that we can have a confidence of entering into his presence. And I want to unpack that word. It's a very unique word that he's using there. It is what we would imagine it to be, this idea of being bold or with poised, assured action. We can enter into this presence, the most holy place, he says. But it also has this, this concept or this idea of going freely, without inhibition. So, is, uh, you know, I was trying to think, what, what does that look like? To me, that's like a little child, a little girl who's maybe dancing and doesn't know that anybody's around. You know, imagine that, that picture. Just totally free. Or maybe it's, uh, is, is Ayler in here, Pat? Maybe it's Pat uh, singing in the shower. You know, it's making a joyful noise to the Lord. Maybe not going to be on the worship team. But making a joyful noise. It's like, it's like sitting in your car, okay? And your favorite song comes on Sirius FM and you crank that thing. You know, and you're just, you're just screaming along. Completely free uninhibited, like willing to enter into. In fact, he says, here's why, because, because of what Jesus has done. In fact, that's what he does in the first 18 verses of this chapter. He has this whole argument about who Jesus is. And he's saying, look, remember the priests that go before, that, that represent us before God? They brought, they brought bulls and goats. And you know what? Those bulls and goats, they weren't enough. But there is one, his name is Jesus, who is a great high priest. And he offered himself. And that sacrifice was, was enough. It was once for all. And because of what he did, we can enter into, we can have confidence. We can freely enter into this relationship with God by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, Jesus, and since we have this great priest over the house of God. And then he goes on, he says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. What does it mean to draw near to God with a sincere heart? It's just simply this idea that I can enter into this, this relationship, this presence of God, fully. I don't have to hold back. I can be who I am. It's like, it's like taking that, that inhibition away, but I can surrender my whole self and bring my whole self to God. Why? Because what Jesus has done. But then he also says something that I think is very true. It's like he starts speaking to the very things that might inhibit us, that keep us from doing that. He says, go with your full insurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled, from a guilty conscience and have our bodies washed with pure water. I wonder sometimes if what keeps us from entering into the very presence of God and knowing God as our friend, this deep intimacy with God, is our own sort of guilt or our own distorted views of God. 
You know, Julie Gorman, who uh, taught uh, spiritual formation at, at Fuller Seminary for years and years, she had just a very down-to-earth kind of way of describing what kind of relationship, this companionship with God that we can have. And she said it this way. She said, you know, companionship with God really begins when we start connecting all of life with, with God. We see God in all of the everyday things. We see him in the sunrise or in the sunset. We see him in a smile or a conversation. We see him as we go to work, as we play, as we interact with our kids or our spouse. He's like involved in everyday life. That's the kind of confidence we can have. That's the kind of sincere sort of heart we can have. We can ask and begin to see God in everyday life, in all of our life. But then she also said, you know, companionship with God is also this ability to begin to see God like family. Like family. Now, I think this gets at some of our distorted views of God sometimes. I think, you know, it's like this. Sometimes I see God more as an acquaintance. Now, if I were an acquaintance of yours, you'd probably know who I am. You might know a few things about me, but really, how much do you really know? Right? How much have you been invited into that? Or how much are you willing to express of yourself to me? And yet God, I think, invites us to be more than that. Now, if you're a friend of mine, I'm going to probably invite you to my house, right? But, but here's the deal. I'm probably going to pick up. I'm going to at least throw my laundry in the closet and shut the door. You're not going to see some of the worst places in my house, right? But man, if you're family, you see it all. It's all exposed. You're going to get the good, the dark, the light, everything, all of life. Have you ever thought that that God could be invited, I could have a relationship where he's treated as if he's family, that I'm inviting him into places in my life that I'm willing to open up that I never opened up with anybody else. Or she also has this way of saying, you know what? Companionship with God is also this idea that you can bring your wonderings to God. That you could actually... Proclaim to him your doubts or your fears or invite him into your temptations. At that very moment, what would it be like to have that kind of friendship with God? I think that's exactly what the writer of the Hebrews is trying to say. In fact, he was saying this is mind-blowing, especially for the Jewish people. He said, we can enter into the most holy place, the very presence of God. Now, for Jewish people, it would have been, you know, that was in the temple. And it was boxed out. And there was only the high priest could go there, only certain times of the year for special things. No. Guess what? It's all been torn away. We can enter in. We don't need that representation. We have Jesus who opened the door for us. You know, over the course of this summer, it's been fun. I actually taught the first week and now I'm teaching the last week. So this is version 2.0, man. I got, to, I got to listen to most of the teachers. But I would say this. 
It seems to me like many of the teachers were saying this summer is this. You can have friendship with God. You just need to create time and space and figure out how are you going to enter in with confidence? How are you going to come with a sincere heart fully? Are you going to invite him in to see all of you? To know that he's with you. You have confidence to enter into this most holy place and come with full assurance. Don't be, don't be afraid. One of the persons that I met on retreat, his name is Roman. Roman is from Russia. Roman uh, grew up in a, in a family of pastors. In fact, his grandfather was a pastor and missionary under communist Russia, and, uh, and then his dad as well. And it was during his dad and in his growing up years that perestroika happened and, and things opened up. The communist sort of communist Russia or Soviet Union fell apart, and uh, there was a great openness. Now, Roman admitted to me, because we had time, I took him from the airport up to the retreat center and... I just really got to know him, and he, he admitted to me, he said, you know, to be honest with you, I did not uh, like my dad. Uh, my dad was so focused on the task and doing the work of ministry, I just lived my life. I was out in the streets, and I got into crazy amounts of trouble and all these things, and yet, when he's 19 years old, guess what? He's a pastor of a church. And he said, by the time I was 30, I was completely fried he said, here's the, di- the problem. He said, I saw God. I had a distorted view of God. I thought he was my taskmaster. I thought he was my boss. And I was all doing all this work for God, and I thought he should bless me. And instead, I, you know, I just sort of ran about trying to do this work, not understanding what it meant to be entered into this friendship with God. And it was this experience of going on these retreats that completely transformed him. And he began to experience God's grace and God's friendship and God's presence and God's love in a renewed way. God is not your acquaintance. God is not your boss. He wants to be your friend. Companionship also means that we become a friend to others. It's interesting how this section, this little paragraph switches. Now, just to get inside my mind, how I remember Scripture, I call this the, the salad portion of, of Scripture, Hebrews 10, because five times he says, let us, okay? So in verse 24, and let us Consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. It says not only can we have companionship and friendship with God, but we can also be the kind of people who are friends and spiritual companions for others. And he characterizes it a couple of different ways. He says, by spurring one another on. Now, I remember the first time I saw a spur, at least a spur that I have in my mind, I was on a family trip to Colorado, and we were going on a horse ride, and there was a real cowboy that led us, you know, and he had that little spiky wheel on the back of his boot, and the point of the spur, 
was just to get the horse's attention to move forward. To move in the right way. You know, spiritual companionship is like that. There's an intentionality to it. And there's probably also this this A word. It's called accountability. Spiritual companionship has intentionality and accountability. And it has a purpose. It's moving us towards love and good deeds. Now, unfortunately, uh, the first time I gave this talk, uh, my wife was up here and she told her story about that. So, uh, unfortunately, she's not here today. So, you're going to hear me. But she was one who was longing for friendship and didn't know what to do with it. And she was longing for some intentionality and even accountability. And so, she started asking around. And somebody said, you should go see Ann Hare. Guess what Ann Hare does for a living? She's a hairdresser. It's perfect. So guess what? She's, she gets an appointment to have her hair done. And she hits it off with Ann. And Ann introduces her to Joanne and Patty. And these four women started meeting. And they shared life together. And they listened to God together. And they started praying for each other. And then all of a sudden, they're texting one another. And they're texting prayer needs and prayer concerns. And then before you know it, they've created a whole system. They have a Google Doc that they share together. And they met for months, which turned into years. They all went to different churches, and they all lived in different places. And even when we moved from Michigan to Iowa, they continued to meet. They meet about once a month. They use technology. They, you know, Facebook Messenger has a purpose. And they can see each other. And they listen to each other. And they pray for one another. And they hold each other accountable. They're intentional. And they're accountable. And about once a year, at least once a year, they all continue to get back together. To see each other face to face. See, spiritual companionship is willing to spur one another on towards love, towards good things. It's intentional. It's accountable. But spiritual companionship also says is this. He said, don't give up meeting together, but encourage one another. Spiritual companionship is about encouragement. Now, to me, encouragement is lots of different things, okay? It can be... In fact, I would say it this way. Encouragement is what the other person needs from you. Maybe it's a a hug or it's a high five or it's a listening ear or it's, you know, whatever it is. I don't know. Words of affirmation. It can be whatever it needs to be. In fact, I would call it the maintenance, maintenance ministry of the church because we all have needs. We all have things, you know, and I got that, that image. I was uh, at home, and, and our kids were home. I, think, I can't remember. It was some holiday. I had this sort of epiphany moment. I'm looking out the window of my house, and I'm like, look, there's the driveway. I'm like, good grief. We own a used car lot. I've got five cars, and they're all in my name. What in the world am I doing with five cars? And they're all very, very used, Okay. And guess what? Used cars are expensive. 
I mean, they need things all the, all the time. They need windshield wipers, they need batteries, they need tires, they need oil, you know, things like that, you know. Like, we could actually check the oil. Yeah, that'd be good. Transmissions, we've done that. They need all kinds of things. Lights, an AC recharge. I mean, you, you list it, we've done it. And that's, that's the maintenance ministry, kind of, I think, we're, it's like that. Encouragement is like that. Whatever it needs to be fixed. Encouragement is like, I'm going to provide for you whatever you need. Now you're all going to walk out. Here. Brian calls it, called us used cars. Some of you are more used than others, right? Yeah. But we all have things. So can we be the kind of friends that would say, I'm going to provide what this person needs so they can provide what I need. And we provide encouragement one for the other. That's spiritual companionship. That's friendship. That's going beyond the weather, friends, and talking about real things, being intentional, being accountable, but learning how to encourage one another. All the more as we see the day approaching. All the more. Because one day we're going to see him face to face. All the more. Now, why is this so important? Well, just a few weeks ago, just a quick story. I was visiting someone from our church. They were at a care facility here, and um, they were recovering. And so they were there temporarily, but I went to see them, and they were sitting in one of the community sections of the building. And I went and sat down, and I think we were being probably louder than we should have been. We were having a good time, telling stories. And um, out walks this woman from a room right next to where my friend was staying. And she walks out, and she comes and sits right in the middle of our little spot. I'm like, well, hello. Can you tell us your name? And she introduces herself. Yeah, I'm this. I said, I heard you talking. I said, it's quiet in my room, and I'm alone. I said, yep. Why don't you join us? And there she sat for the next hour, and just talking. I read a, an article. It was the Barna Group is a group that surveys different things for the church. And this has happened to be about millennials, the 18 to 34-year-olds. Well, I have four kids in that range, you know, so I was kind of curious what it had to say. But it said this. It said, only one in three, one in three, 18 to 34-year-olds, have a close connection to an adult. That's what they said. They are the most connected sort of generation that we have, you know, socially and, and technologically, and yet they are longing for human connection. In fact, I don't think it's just that generation. I think we have a loneliness epidemic in our world today. And it's worse among men, believe it or not. Yeah, shocking. Can we be that kind of 
friend. You know, we have all these kinds of attachments, I would say, in our world. We're attached to work. We're attached to our pleasures. We're attached to our devices. Some of us are attached to substances or images or whatever it is. We have all these false ways of seeking intimacy, and yet we're so disconnected from God and from each other. What if we believed that God wants to be friends with us? What if we invited him in? What if we could be a friend to that lonely woman, to that person next door, to the person at my cubicle? What if I could expose my life to a few trusted people and be the kind of person that could provide encouragement and spur each other on towards love and good things. We need to do that. Let's pray. Father, I'm, I'm grateful that your Son created a way for us. Lord, we, we've been seeking intimacy, relationship, friendship, and yet your Son created this way for us to have that kind of friendship with you. God, thank you for that. Lord, I pray for those who are maybe feeling disconnected, Disconnected from you, disconnected from life, dis disconnected from others. And, and I pray, God, that, that you would provide uh, your presence, that you would bring people, friends. I also pray that you would spur us on so that we would be friends for each other. So whatever we needed, we could find help, we could find encouragement uh, from some others. Lord, as we partake communion in just a few moments, help us to find a time where we can just ask you, invite you into that space and ask you for whatever we need or expose to you things that we need to uh, just expose. Whatever it is. Lord, thank you for this space and this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.